welcome to Dished Up. I'm Penny. And I'm Vanessa. We'll be your hosts on this culinary adventure. Each episode, we invite around a new guest to share a meal together and dish up a podcast that captures the magic of a dinner party. So come on in, pull up a chair, crack open a wine, and definitely bring your appetite. Well, hello there. We are standing in a secret location this evening. We're actually at the Belford upstairs, aren't we, Penny? It's really exciting to be here. I love this concept. We are in this fabulous, quirky, one-bedroom apartment in St Kilda where our amazing guest tonight has turned it into his own exclusive Melbourne restaurant. Well, I did say secret location, but I guess that's, <laughs> that's gone out the window. <laughs> Shall we introduce the mystery chef? Yes! Hello. Hi, thank you for being here tonight. Thanks for inviting us. Pleasure. Genuinely, you have transported us somewhere else tonight, James. Stepping into this apartment and the beautiful, hazy, glowy lights and the smells coming out from your kitchen. It is honestly such a pleasure to be here and we feel really excited that we're... So excited. Yeah, sharing this with you. Well, as you say, like as soon as you walk the door... It's like that you enter in a different place, in a different location, and you have the feeling that's not anymore like in a home of someone, but actually becomes like uh, everything is an experience from the moment that you walk the stairs, from the moment that you walk in, to the moment that you start to see all the details in the house. Everything I wanted to be like a unique experience. And the, so the food experience starts even before you start having your food. I feel that. Yeah. I have to say the experience started while we were in the car because we were trying to find a park on the phone to James and he's running around going, okay, I'll have a look for a park here. I'll stand in this car park. So essentially you're also a valet service. Everything. <laughs> it's fantastic. I have to say I'm loving every little detail about your apartment. And the fact that we're in your apartment is so intimate and yeah. and generous and you I really feel like you're opening up your heart and soul to us um, yeah shining through yeah and the other thing we're loving is um you know where there will be different dinner party settings where we cook for guests um you know we might be in a restaurant but tonight we're just kind of laying back you're cooking for us you are putting on the dinner party experience so I'm bloody excited about that me too and you're a chef so yeah, yeah absolutely. it's gonna be good so tell everyone James um, if we were to have just like a really fun quick bio like who are you describe yourself Ooh. yeah it's a big question <laughs> but how do we condense that's probably one of the hardest it? questions I never can answer mm. um, I'm, I'm just like someone I think like very passionate about food and wine and drink and all what's around the hospitality industry. Um, since I was like young, I've always been working in clubs, restaurants, cafe, but everything. And I always enjoyed, but like I think that what really like, and that's what I'm trying to do here, is the idea that people, they're sitting around the table and they share like, not the food, it just become like an excuse to share and talk about something else. And one of the reasons that I'm only doing four seating is because like the only four people can sit at the table per night is because like four is actually a perfect number. Uh, I realized that as soon as people like working in the restaurants, I realized that people, if they are sitting in a number that it's over four, like six, then as soon as there is six people, they start to split in group of two or group of three. Right. A group of four, they never split. All night, they talk to each other and there is never a separate conversation between the group. I love that. They stay that. together all the night and there is no like a, such a thing like a 
two people talking to each other yeah. and maybe a group of four talking with, you know, like everyone is 100% present in that moment. And that's what I think, like, it's something that we kind of lose in the, in the times. We're always distracted by phone, this, do that, work, email, everything. And we never really enjoy 100% what's happening. So four people is the perfect number to let nobody get distracted. Magic in numbers. Yep. I love the calculation of that. Mm, yeah. That's beautiful. And I'd never thought of that. But it's so true that at a dinner party, sometimes you might get stuck with the person that doesn't shut up. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> or someone who's maybe not up for a discussion. Yeah. So you might be a little bit bored. I mean, that's all part of it, the give and take, the risk. But yeah. I love this four of the magic yeah. number. Yeah. I realize that like people for all night, they keep talking to each other and everyone listens to what the other person has to say. That is never a moment of... Uh, you know, like a separation between the people. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty cool. So essentially, um, to give you a picture of what we've just walked into. So James, you've set up this kind of um, beautiful restaurant exclusively in your home. Yeah. You only seat four guests because it is your home yeah. and it is a you know a one bedroom Correct. apartment. So it's very cozy and intimate. Yeah. Tonight, um, we are actually going to be taking part in a dinner party here. Yeah. Um, we've got another two friends that are on their way and they're bringing some more wine and we're just going to sit and you know be a part of this experience Correct. what was behind the idea to start a restaurant in your home well the thing is that like i, I don't even call it a restaurant because like if you say a restaurant i think people they're expecting there's going to be they can choose what they want mm. they can like a cash they, register they can, yeah cash register it sounds like cash? everyone like they will expect something while my idea was like uh, i love to cook uh, since I'm not living anymore like in Shiraz with other people, I, then I realized I was finding hard to cook just for myself. Mm. So I was kind of losing like uh, the uh, ideas. I was losing like, you know, like uh, the passion for cooking. Because if I'm yeah. by myself, I'm not going to go crazy and try and experiment and do other stuff. I like to cook for other people. For me, food is about sharing. Yeah. And it was never, even when I was in, my, in share house with other people with different experiences, never been like, I cook my dinner, mm. then you cook your dinner. No, when it was my when I was cooking my dinner, there was always enough for everyone if they wanted to eat it. Wow. Because I always like it to sit with other people. And since I'm a kid, like I remember that my mom always told me that when when we were a kid, um I never really enjoyed it to eat at the table unless there were guests from outside the family coming. If there were Two more people coming from somewhere, like a friends or family friends, I think I would have eat like everything from the table. If we were just us, <laughs> nah, it's boring. Wow, I don't know. I, I love, love the idea to share with the stranger people, but they're not that stranger. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so quirky and and beautiful. Like what an insight from a young age. You know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love and it. Carried on this concept of um, not necessarily having entire strangers coming into your exactly, home. Exactly, yes. How does the dinner party work in Belford upstairs? I'm only working with friends and friends and friends, basically. And I don't even call it like a work. For me, it's like, a, it's having fun. Like, I'm, I wake up in the morning on Thursday, go to the market, whatever the market has to offer to me, it just gives me the idea for the menu. I don't have a menu until I go to the market. Ah, oh, brilliant. And when I'm there, I'm thinking what I want and then like, you know, go home and then get excited and I can do this, I can do that, I can do that. And like, I know they will come friends over and I can share with them, they can eat it and I can't wait to see what they think about it. And like, you know, I'm always trying to surprise them. From October till now, I don't think I ever repeat one menu in every week. It's always yeah. been different. So far, I've always done a different menu because finally I found again that passion for creating something different, something new. I want to create this, I want to create that. 
it's so special to be having this in Melbourne because I think that Melbourne is the perfect city to be celebrating this. Also because, I mean, we're in the heart of St Kilda. Yeah. You, this is where you first started when yeah. you came from Italy. Correct. And it was such a, it's such a beautiful, like, collection of people from here, from, you know, foreign areas. Yeah. And they're all coming together in this melting pot mm. to create this magic that is St Kilda. It is. And you came to St Kilda initially when you moved from Italy. Yeah, I came, I came in St Kilda in uh, 2013. And funny or actually be said, but I guess things, you know, they change. They're actually knocking down the hostel where I was when oh, I came. No. Yeah, I think it's been shut down for the last two years during due COVID. Yeah. And now they're like, you know, making like a complex of apartments. And I saw that they just fenced it all out. So probably in the next few months, they're going to put it down and building something new. No. Which is all right. You know, things change. It's part of the of the thing. But I always love it, St. Kilda. It reminds me a little bit of my hometown. I grew up nearby the sea. And I love that near the sea, you have like this very strange... Uh, season like you have like a winter which is very kind of like nobody's around but there is still like the local that they never leave and then when summer comes like all the people from they live far away from the from the from the ocean they just come all day so you have like winter it's very calm and relaxed and then summer you have all Crazy. these people around that you can meet new people it's pretty cool and it's St Kilda and it's yeah, St Kilda. Kilda yeah once it's again amazing. not a mystery not yeah. a mystery how, <laughs> so how long have you been living in St Kilda or Australia uh, I've been here almost nine years wow, wow. yeah my mom she's counting them yeah. Uh, <laughs> are there plans to move home or are you, is this home? Uh, is this, this is home, yeah, for sure. I um, definitely want to go back. Now it's been three years I haven't been at home, so I definitely need to go back at home at some point, probably uh, August, September. Uh, but in general, I wanted to go to Italy for holiday because I think like the reason that everyone, every Australian appreciate Italy is because they go there for, ho for holiday. Right. And that's when you really can enjoy everything without worrying about the other stuff that goes around. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been nine years. I've mostly been in uh, St. Kilda or Ripoli, Balaclava, uh, Prorene, Windsor, anyway, always like below the Yarra. I always <laughs> define myself, I never go above the Yarra. You're a South Yarra. Sider. I'm You're a South definitely Sider. a Melbourneian. Yeah. yeah. A I, snob. <laughs> I am, I Was am. it always Melbourne for you? How did you know where to um, live when you moved over? I met, I met two girls in, in Italy, in hey, the place hey. I was working. Uh, they were going, they were doing like this massive, uh, trip of the world, traveling the world, and they ended up like in this town where I was working. And at the end of summer, and um, they they started to tell me like how beautiful it was Melbourne. They were they, they were coming from Melbourne, so they were telling me all these positive things from Melbourne, blah blah blah. And when summer was over, and I was supposed to go back to practice as a lawyer because that's what I studied in Italy, then I think I thought like that I didn't like it. And uh, I told that I need a change. I want to take a gap year to learn English because I didn't speak English. Um, and I texted them. I said, hey, guess what? Actually, I'm on the flight. I'm going to be in <laughs> Melbourne in September. They were still going around the world. And they say, yeah, cool. We're going to be there back in April. And they text me something like, did you bring anything warm with you? <gasps> My English back then was like very minimum. So I really could not understand what was the meaning of that thing. Like I was kind of translating, said, you bring something warm with you. It doesn't make any sense to me. And imagine me arriving like a thinking day here it's summer, 365 days <gasps> oh. in here. Shot, shot, shot in September. It was probably one of the most rainy <laughs> September they say they will have ever been. And it was so cold. 
that I had to buy everything from. I didn't have any winter clothes, nothing. The only long pants I had was like a black pants for working in the hospitality. That's what a friend of mine told me to bring. Done. Didn't brought anything else. Wow. And I mean, can you tell us about the concept? I've always found this so fascinating. Yeah. Moving to a foreign land, packing up your life. What do you take? Like, what do you expect? I would just the same. You know, how do you pack uh, a suitcase to be like, okay, I'm just going to move to another country and live there? Like, how do you prepare yourself for such you, a big move? Did you bring any utensils? Yeah. No, the only thing I brought, like, funny thing, uh, so what I brought with me. A wooden, like, rolling board that your nonna no, gave to you? I, did, or I, like, I didn't get there. So what I brought with me was, yeah, like, uh, uh, a bunch of clothes. By the way, mostly, like, uh, short shirts, like, short sleeve shirts, short pants, um things for going to, to swim and other stuff. So there was definitely lots of summer things. Uh, the only other thing, like weird thing that I bought with me was a mocha, a coffee machine, like, you know, the uh -huh. Italian percolator. Yes! <laughs> One of those, yeah. Also, we just need to pause because above James's cupboards, he has six Italian percolators yeah. and they all vary in sizes and I love your description for the percolator sizes. Yeah. Can you talk us through them? Well, that is the one that's just for one person. Yeah. And then that is the one that's like for when like a couple of friends come over. Then that is the one where the maybe five or six people come over and then you have when like you have like a bunch of 10, 12, 15 yeah. people coming over. It's an espresso party. I it's feel like the parties party. here would be quite epic. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so I bought with me one of those. I bought only the small one. Yeah. I bought a pack of grounded coffee, which actually I declared on the on the plane as a seat. So they stopped me at the border security. <laughs> and like on, on, the, on the thing that was saying, like, if you're unsure, say yes. So I say yes to everything. And I completely got stopped <laughs> and checked everywhere. No, that's the biggest mistake, saying yes to everything. Well, well no. but that's like, was it, if you're unsure, say yes. Mm -hmm. And like, because I was unsure absolutely of anything that was right there. What language yes, is this? Yes, I'm yes. unsure of what yeah. this means. Yes. The question was, do you have a weapon? And I say yes, because oh. I, had, I, had, I had in the luggage, in the luggage, I had uh, a Swiss knife. A pocket oh, Swiss knife, yeah. which is not a weapon, like you know, like the, the guy that were laughing at me because, like, I honestly, so everything much. that I think it was like, a, <laughs> um, there was like uh, everything that I think I put yes to everything. Did you bring any fresh produce? Back? No, nothing. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm I didn't bring any foods. Yeah, I was nothing. like my basil plant. Like, no, 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 no. My no. leg of ham. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, nothing. The, but the, the the thing that I brought, they were definitely they were all legal. I didn't I didn't be charged with that. It was just fun because like they were opening everything and saying, "So you said you have seeds," and I think. Yeah, coffee's a seed. This is grounded oh, yeah. coffee. Yeah, yeah, I have coffee. That's it. Like, yeah, but, but that's grounded. I say, oh, yeah, that's grounded. That's fine. But it was a and seed say, once. I say, you say you have a weapon? I say, yeah. And I <laughs> go in the thing and I grab, like, from my, you know, my beauty things. Like, we have toothbrush, all this stuff. So, yeah, I have, like, a Swiss Meanwhile, I can imagine you being, like, Australia's really friendly. Like, everyone's come to welcome me and it's just, like, the whole SWAT team. Yeah. It's just there being, like... <laughs> Who the hell is this terrorist man? It was like completely welcoming it in. Like, hi everyone, I yeah. have a weapon. Can I just pause the story? You just said in my beauty things. And yeah. now I want to tell our listeners, you have the most yeah. fabulous moustache. Oh, thank you. Back it, then I didn't have it. I had like a huge beard, which oh. probably didn't make easy as well to passing through the border. <laughs> it so, was just like a series of like an uh, unfortunate event, my arriving here. It was fun. What was in the beauty bag though? Was it for beard maintenance? Uh, 
Yeah, there was like an oil for beard. There was like toothbrush, toothpaste. Um, I love that though. I love that you just called it your beauty bag. Like yeah, beauty bag. Yeah, good. Wax. It was like for the for the mustache as well. But yeah, something it's very impressive. Basic. Yeah. What was one thing that was really memorable to you when you arrived in Melbourne? Like, because I know that for you, um, your your slang now, like your Aussie slang, mm-hmm. you calling people mm-hmm. maid, and you mm-hmm. like I I love that you're kind of. Yeah, you're adjusting. You're adjusting, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. what was one of the most surprising or foreign things when you came here that you were like, this is a bit weird? As in the slang that I didn't or, know? Or yeah, just anything. Um, well, I have like a few nice memory. I remember that the first thing that they showed me was uh, um, a strip art of uh, Ned Kelly. Because clearly everyone, everyone, every time they were stopping me, telling me that I was like, look like Ned Kelly, you look like Ned <laughs> Kelly, you look Who like Ned Kelly. Who is this Ned Kelly? I have no idea who is Ned no Kelly. He sounds yeah. great. And then they show me the, the they show me the, um, the, art the street art. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I really saw the resemblance as well back then. And you're like, and I've got my knife. I was going to say, you've got a, you both had weapons? Hey. <laughs> um, so that was one of the funny things. But then, uh, yes, yeah, well with slang, I remember that, like probably a month in, I was texting with a girl that I met, like in a place that I was working, and she texted me something. What about Sunday Arvo? Arvo? Yeah. And I was yes. And then I say, what did I say yes to? <laughs> I had no idea, so I had to Google, and I was going there, and Arvo was coming as afternoon, but in my mind it was still not making any sense because I say, how did you go from Arvo to? Afternoon, mm, so it was not I making any same. sense at all. So I was still not secure. And because you came to Australia and your English was like zero, basic, zero. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely Isn't it just incredible? Basic. I have so much admiration for you coming again to this foreign place, yeah. setting yourself up from scratch, learning an entirely new language, Agreed. and here we are. You've set up your own small business in your home. Mm. Like it's absolutely incredible what you achieved yeah, in the nine you. years. It's it's yeah. so amazing. Thanks. I have a quick question about fondness of home and like missing home and have you found anything in Melbourne that's made you go ah this is Italy or like oh there's a piece of home in this mm. food or place or person or uh, there are lots of places that definitely makes me feel like it's home and I mean probably now being here for nine years as well like it makes you feel more uh, one of the things that I found it so hard to find especially at the start uh, and that's a concept in Italy that's very, I don't know, it's probably unique also like a small town. If you go in a small town, it will be probably the same here. But for me, one thing I was missing was my local bar. Mm. The one that when you walk in, the people, they know you, they we know you by local, name. We had our local bar in Florence. It was yeah. at the bottom of our street and we'd be Correct. there like every Friday and we'd be like, Ciao no, Paolo. Every, every, night. every night. Ciao Paolo. What was the twins' name? Paolo and, anyway, they were fab. They know and you. Very they, know, they know you by the name. They know you by the name. They know what you drink. They're very yes. welcoming. They're very familiar. And like you know, they're always trying to find you a table to sit. And that's what I was missing here because we were going every night to a different bar, but there was never like this way to the start. Yeah, start yeah. to create like a, especially because there is way much more people. And I understand like you know in my own town there would be always the same people going in the same bar. Yeah. So you know everyone, but here like there is way much more people. And, but finally, after like yeah, nine years, I started to find like places that I was feeling like you go in and people they already know you. Especially since I moved more uh, in St Kilda, like in the center of St Kilda, it's been like really good. So James and I connected at the very start of lockdown. Um, I was starting my own business. I was out of a job. James was transitioning, and it again was almost like fate that brought us together. And one thing that you know, 
I, I love many things about James, but he's very philosophical, very spiritual, which I love. And it's brilliant at a dinner party because we always have so much to chat about. But I really think, and I really believe in this concept of you are your own magnet. Like Correct. when you start to put things out to the universe, you attract it back in. And I know that at you know, the beginning of lockdown, you kind of disconnected from social media. Yeah. You were just like, look, it's just too much. It's, it's too intense. It's too draining. And what you did in, instead was you started reading about philosophy yeah. and um, spiritual readings. Yeah. And in turn, all of a sudden, you've started attracting all of this magic yeah. around you. And you're building a community. You're learning new things. You're teaching people all around the world, cooking and drinking. And like you have become your own magnet yeah. and i love this concept that's beautiful yeah, yeah. I, I i think i read something like a couple of days ago that it's like um you go where your eyes look you go in that direction if you if you're looking at something bad you go in that direction you go towards that thing but if you keep looking on the good things you go in that direction mm. so you go where your mm. eyes look and as you were saying like if you keep like looking at all these positive things around you you will end it up in that direction you will end it up in that place where the good things they are uh, yeah like the, the during the start of the lockdown yeah, I think I was wasting too much time on social media and the, back then it was also like a very fighty type of platform there, at mm. some point it was like a very um, black and white right and wrong everyone was yelling at each other like what's good what's not so I need to take like a little bit of a, of a break and probably like in your book of philosophy, fun enough, I was actually studying when I was in high school, but I didn't pay attention back then. <laughs> I didn't really want to study. Uh, and now, now I understand way, them way much more, and I find way much more interesting, and they resonate way much more with me. Um, and and then, yeah, then eventually I went back on social media because it's at the end of the day, it's good for me even like to communicate with friends and with yeah. family and sharing things that I like. I just, I'm just like a little bit less uh, interested in all that. Like, you know, you need to target these people, you need to target mm -hmm. other people. I'm just trying to share what I like, but without ending up in the loophole of the, the addiction. Yes, oh, correct. Which yeah. is very hard. So I want to talk more about the dinner party concepts that you're creating uh -huh. and your food, mm -hmm. but I'd like to segue because I feel like a glass of wine. Do we feel like a glass of wine? We should okay, I bought a very special bottle of wine should and I wanted it? to drink it with you. We have another two guests coming to this dinner party, uh -huh. and so there's a little bit of a meaning behind the bottle of uh -huh. wine. Um, but can you tell us about the dinner parties so far that you yeah. had? And I'm really intrigued as to like you're opening up your home to essentially randoms. Yeah, um, there is always friends someone. Of friends. Friends, friends of friends. friends. What have the guests been like so far? Because it's a very different experience. Yeah. How is it all? Has it all gone down? The the experience is always different. Uh, the food is always different. As I was saying, it's basically structured in a kind of like five courses with uh, wine pairing as well. Um, it's mostly Italian, of course, but with a little bit of a twist every year and there. Uh, people have been like the most different one. Most of the time, there is. Um, at least one friend that I personally know sitting at the table, so we can share a little bit more. I had some people that being like completely four stranger people sent from a friend that was really interesting. There were like four yeah. women, like in their 40, 50 years old. Oh, they uh, would have loved it. Yeah, it was really nice. And also like I like because it's my job to read the crowd and see like yes. if they want me to talk more, if they want me to leave their space. And 
and most of the time at the end of the night everyone starts to make me especially if they don't know me they start to ask me like when did I move here all these kind of mm. questions so they start kind of losing up a little bit and become more chatty as well um, I had like a few friends that they came here and sometimes like it doesn't have to be necessarily the five courses sometimes I'm even happy just to cook like a quick pasta like that yeah. I had like few friends that night I think I didn't have anything booked on and they just um, I just say guys like I'm just here about to cook pasta and they say oh I'm, we're coming and they came here and they were all chef they were actually all chef Ooh. working like in different type of restaurant and, and I love see their face when they're eating this pasta because it was like one of the simplest pasta mm -hmm. ever mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. what really stuck in my mind was this one of the chef at some point he grabbed the fork eat the pasta he looked at the plate and they say this is absolutely impossible. This pasta should not taste like that. There is nothing <laughs> inside. How can it be so good? Yeah. What's the secret? Can't tell you. Can't tell you. Can't tell you. Okay, oh. so one of my favorite food memories with you. Mm -hmm. So um, we came to James's one night and we put on essentially like a wine and cheese tasting. Yeah. So we had some wines that we'd been um, sponsored and some cheeses that we were um, asked to taste. And we put on this big spread. But of course, because it's James, like... James's attention to detail is so beautiful. Like everything was curated perfectly. You had like the pickled olives. You had the um, oh, salami. salami. Salami that he yeah. made himself. Yeah. <gasps> mm -hmm. Like every little detail was so beautiful. And then we kind of drank a lot and, you know, picked. And at the end of the night, we were like, we're really hungry. And he was like, okay, give me five minutes. He disappears into the kitchen and he's just, it's almost like an Aristos Greek chef. Like, oh. what have I got in the fridge? You would have loved this. And within 10 minutes, not even, he's dishing up this like heavenly pasta and we are eating it. And I'm just looking at him being like, what is, what is, what is this? Like what is happening right now? It was so incredible. And I really think it was like chickpeas, yes. some um, pancetta, pancetta yeah. salt, pepper, maybe like a bit of cream in there. No, no, not cream. There was a, uh, I think it, uh, some dry tomatoes. Probably, Vanessa, yeah. it was like some of the best pasta I've ever had in my entire life. And it was so simple. And we were literally like, how? 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 And he was just like, yeah, there's nothing to it. We're like, it's made ah, with love. It's made with love. Yeah. I think so. Maybe I think we have some wine glasses. Absolutely. Let's grab Gosh, I'm so love. excited. Can we hear any of the details about tonight's dinner? Or is okay. it a secret? Mm. Uh, I can tell you the structure, if you want, of the thing. Maybe give away a little bit of information. Yes. Um, so what we're having tonight, we're going to have like, uh, oh, sorry. There was this little <coughs> pop. Little pop. I've never seen this. I think it's from the inside of the lid. Oh, yes, ah. yes, yes. It's to keep the, the lid very Oh, my gosh. Closer. I was like, is this some new, like, fandangly thing? Like a little clasp on top of the wine bottle? No. Wait, can we, before that, can yeah. I tell you about this wine? Absolutely. I want to so, hear everything. This wine I bought in the Yarra Valley last May. And I'm, I'm hiding the label from you, so you have no idea. Um, and we were kind of doing this like little winery escapade and we stumbled across this winery. It was like five o'clock at night. They were all closing and we were like, one more. And we found this beautiful winery. Um, it's called Madden's Rise. Have mm -hmm. you been there? No. No. So it's run, it's like really, really tiny and it's run by this fabulous woman. And we were like, hey, any, like one more tasting. And she was like, mm, yeah, all right, come on in. I'm so grateful for that because then we ended up staying for maybe like an hour. Wow. And this woman's like half French, half Italian, so passionate about winemaking. She's the winemaker. Yeah. And I, I, I have never met a female winemaker in the flesh. Um, and so we tasted some of her wines. And then, you know, when you're at a tasting and it just gets so beautiful and intimate that they're like, try this. Now try this. Now let's just try this. I'll crack this one open. And you're like, 
this is like 10 wines. Like I've only paid for five. <laughs> anyway, so we get to that point and I'm tasting this wine and I'm like, oh my God, this, this is unbelievable. Like, what is this wine? And she's like, ah, oh, you've picked one of my favorites. And I ended up buying it. And I have always wanted to actually share it with the both of you because you are both of my, two of my closest friends. Um, and it's called... Cinque Amici. Oh, that's beautiful. And so now we're going to be five. Right? And Cinque Amici means? Cinque, uh, five friends. Five friends. And so that's I thought, perfect. Cinque Amici, there's going to be five friends at our dinner party. So, perfect. yeah, I thought this was oh, the right moment. To... That's and it's from amazing. 2015 as well. Gosh, well, Good. well, give it a pour, Ken. Yeah, let's give it a pour. Let's try. Any tips about pouring wine, drinking wine? Because you know so much about wine as well. Uh, just pour it and drink it. Just pour it and drink it. Just to enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yum. Hit that sound. No, oh, I love it. Where were we? I went on a tangent with the wine. <laughs> oh, it. you were talking about the menu tonight. And oh, the, yes. And the, the format, yes. yes. And the format. So it starts with um, uh, an aperitivo, like a classic mm. Italian experience. It's going start with an aperitivo. One of our favorites yes. in the world. And of course, the aperitivo, it could be either like Prosecco, an Aperol Fritz, a Negroni. Oh. You know, you have like all these different options in the Italian uh, aperitivo style and as in a proper Italian aperitivo there is no alcohol without food so there will be something to nibble straight away with your with your drink uh, which is normally is like a tris of bruschetta mm. that I make I try to make never the traditional one like the tomato basil and garlic that everyone knows I always try to make something different um, basic of the concept of the of the food experience is that everything is seasonal, so everything is in season now. Um, everything from pickles or all this product, I I make it. Uh, the bread is my sourdough bread. The, like everything is done by by me. Like I, unless it's like something like I don't know, like fish or lamb. Of course, <laughs> do it. Um, the pasta is homemade. Yeah, so everything is very fresh. Everything is homemade. Everything is um, um, seasonal. Um, so you have the aperitivo, then there will be two entree. Yeah. Uh, there will be two entree, uh, which they're like, once again, like some kind of Italian food with a little bit of a twist. Um, I'm going to tell you one of the entree, okay. and I'll give the other one a little bit more of a secret. So the, the first entree that you're going to have tonight, it's uh, Montanara, which is a type of like a fried pizza, like it's a pizza dough fried. <gasps> Wow. Uh, normally the montanara is just topped with the tomato, parmesan cheese grated on top, fresh basil, olive oil, done. and you eat like that, freshly from the fryer. Mm. It's nice, it's crisp, it's amazing. But I'm gonna make a little bit different because we are in summer, we are next to the sea. So it's gonna be like a montanara with uh, uh, parsnip and apple uh, puree cream oh, on top. Wow. Uh, sauteed uh, baby octopus. Uh, with uh, white wine and uh, what's the name? Capers, finely oh, chopped on we top. We love capers. And we then, love octopus too. And we love octopus. And we then love there you. will be that's it, perfect. Oh my gosh, heaven! Yeah. And then there will be on top like some crisp uh, parsnip uh, skin because I'm trying to reduce also the waste. Love so that. from the same product, I'm using everything oh yes I'm i feel like we throwing, can do another podcast about I'm this i'm never throwing anything so lots of my garnish they're not an accessory thing they're actually part from the food that i'm not throwing it it's brilliant because like I, I, when i was working in the restaurant i hated when like you know the food was coming back with the little salad as a garnish that nobody wants right so you, I were, like, you, you were know, talking vanessa's language like her light her eyes are lighting yeah. up right now being yeah. like there are yes yeah 
I, I think we've got a lot to talk about, honestly. Mm-hmm. How are we going to fit this all into one podcast? I don't know, but let's start with a let's little cheers. one. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. Cheers. Salute. Salute. How do you say chef in Italian? Uh, well, we say chef is the same word. <laughs> or we say cuoco. Cuoco? Which like is probably more cook. Okay. Yeah. Cuoco. Which I actually like more the words cuoco than actually chef. Cuoco. Chef is someone like in the restaurant, like it's uh, it's almost like a, a military uh, mm. uh, hierarchy. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah, that's the position. Jerky? That's yeah. the uh, hierarchy. 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 Oh my gosh. Also, that's it. Okay, I have to say, James's pronunciation sometimes <laughs> is so brilliant because he'll say things like hierarchy and I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Jerky? <laughs> and then we're like, Hierarchy. And then we just spend a couple of minutes trying to figure out what, and then, haha, we always get there. But I love your pronunciation so much. Beautiful okay, what's the It's so good. It's, it's so, so nice. Let's yeah. ask the professional. Okay, wait, wait. Give it a snip. A snip? <laughs> I haven't even had any wine yet. I'm just drunk off this conversation. It's beautiful. And you know what? If we let it stay a little bit longer open, the alcohol, the first alcohol is going to disappear and then it's going to completely open up because it's very rich wine. Mm. So it needs to breathe a little bit. This wine is it's really good. It's amazing. Yeah, I think we need to let it sit. It has mellow. to, yeah. Because it, it's Cab Sauv, Cab Franc, Malbec, Petit yes. Verdo and Merlot. It's and a so nice blend. The yeah. reason why she calls it the um, Cinque Ami yeah. or uh, Chico is because there's five blends in mm. the wines. There's five friends. I like that. Isn't that gorgeous? It's so simple, but, you know, yeah. beautiful. You Which definitely feel the spiciness of the Cabernet. Mm. I think it's the first things that you notice. It's like that kind of, uh, you know, that feeling when you eat a little bit like of spicy, peppery yeah, things on the tongue. Yeah, yeah. So James is actually um, one of our chef instructors at Drool. Yes. And um, I love when he teaches about cooking, it's so personal and it's so, um, it just comes from the soul, really. It's like soul food. And one of the sentiments I really, really love is like Italian food should be simple. And if it's not Correct. simple, it's no longer Italian food. Yes, I agree. Like, I mean, that's the, uh, that's one, that's the first rule that has to be simple. Then all the rest comes like following that rule. If you start to change the first one that you start to add too many ingredients or you start to complicate it, then lose that simplicity. Italian food like uh, founds the origin. Like it, the, it comes like the background of the Italian food. It's like a poor cuisine. People didn't have enough money. People didn't have like a facilities they didn't have even a fridge they didn't have anything so everything comes like from a purpose like which is like a, a sustainable surviving in life and all these things um and most of the pasta like you know the one one of the one that we cook together in droll it's like a cashew pepe mm. and i love that pasta because you can make always every time you always will have a piece of cheese at home and a bit of peppercorn yeah like you can't you can't say yeah. that like and that's what i mean like when people say i need to go to do i have nothing at home i need to go do grocery shopping i don't believe it i'm pretty sure that you will have something in your house to make something i'm with you on that yeah, 100 I'm, I'm pretty sure that probably you're bored of eating always the same thing but you definitely have something to cook something at home like yeah. our pantry they are so full of food mm. that it's um, impossible to say i have nothing at home i need to go to buy I totally agree. Penny and I have a favourite TV show. It was really, really, really popular. <laughs> Back, we in the 90s. Back in the 90s. Actually, it's not that popular because not many people have heard of it. It's called uh, The Surprise Chef. Aristos, he's this Greek guy. The whole premise around the, the show was that he'd find people in the supermarket and he'd grab their small shopping basket, not the big trolley, just the mm-hmm. little basket, and say, 
all right, you've got five ingredients in there. Take me home with you and let's make a meal. And it was just teaching people to cook from their pantry with just some simple ingredients. Simple. And I always I was looking it. for him in the supermarket. I'm like, come on, Aristos, where are you? Like, right. I've got things in my basket. Like, come and cook at home <laughs> with me. Like... Yeah. I didn't know about this, but this was the idea that we were doing at the start with Italians Down Under. We were going yes. like in local markets, stopping people and saying, can we come to cook at your place? <gasps> and we were betting with them that doesn't matter how much money they wanted to spend, I could have cooked for them like a, an authentic Italian uh, dish, an Italian meal for the people that they want to. So like it was very challenging. Uh, it was fun. We were always going Brilliant. to everyone's houses, cooking like anything. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And this concept, um, you've actually told us tonight, could actually be something hopefully. that's... Yeah, yeah could it be a little SBS something? Finger cross would become like something, hopefully. Yeah. We, yeah hope Put it so. out to the universe, James, you are the magnet, so let it yeah, come in. It will, it already has. I also love, um, back to the sentiments that you say, James, so about simplicity, we always have a bit of a laugh in our cooking classes because I'm like, yeah, so James's favourite pizza is the Australian pizza. Yeah. Just like all the topics, meat lovers, and he will just roll <laughs> his eyes and be like... A nonna in Italy dies every time every you put time, yeah. pineapple on a pizza. Like, totally. It's so good. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, like, it's very simple. Actually, my favorite pizza, uh, apart from the margarita, which is already simple, uh, there is another one that's even more simple, but then actually it's even more complicated. It's called Cossacca, um, which is Cossack, uh, like the, the, Russian? the Russian soldier. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So back in the day, there was like this um, group of Russian soldiers coming to Naples and with the, whoever was like the rulers back then from Russia coming to Naples, like to visiting the kingdom and all these things. They were like, you know, guests to the Neapolitan kingdom. And in honor of this Russian uh, group of people that were coming to, to Naples, the Neapolitan uh, pizza makers, they came up with this pizza called Kozaka, which is actually like a simple tomato base uh, with a little bit of garlic, cook in the oven, then take it out and then finish it on top with a mix of uh, pecorino and parmigiano cheese. Mm. Raw mm. olive oil Never out. It's one of the hardest pizza to make. There is a lot of pizza maker that actually refuse to make it because like it's like burning the garlic. Imagine. Mm, but you, the, there is, if you put too much tomato sauce, the pizza flops. If you don't put too, uh, too much, then the pizza becomes too crusty and the, the tomato right. dries on top. And then... But you haven't got the cheese to, to get... There is nothing. The... There is just the tomato base, olive oil in the oven, uh, cooks pretty quick, comes out, and then you top it out with the parmesan. You need the right combination of the two cheese. It's very complicated, especially like in a busy restaurant. You can't get distracted while you do that pizza. But if you think about it, there's nothing on top. It's easier mm. to make a pizza... One of my best friends in Italy when we were at high school, his family owned, owned like a restaurant, pizza restaurant. And that's what he always told me, that the hardest pizza to make is the margarita. Because mm. you have like the dough, the tomato, the mozzarella, and then the basil. But like if the dough, it's not good, you taste it. If the mozzarella is no good, you taste it. You if the mozzarella, it. But you can't hide it. So in, in that in that kind of vein, it's like mm. even though like <laughs> she's like, don't take my wine. No. Like you can't. I'm not afraid. That's right. But I'm not, I'm not afraid of anything. That's yeah. it. I, I love that even though in the same vein, like Italian food is so simple in its simplicity, it's so complicated right. because there's nowhere to hide. And, and, exactly. And, and let's not confuse simple with lack of care. Yes. Because Correct. the amount of care that goes into it. Is, is immense and, and I love like I keep saying it but I just feel like Italy is my favourite country Me and Penny's yeah. we both lived there for a very short time um, and, and, and I feel like yeah. the love for the food I have one quick question yes 
Okay. So I just want to... This is my own battle. Vodka pasta, right? Mm. Now, I did the class with you. Yeah. I had so much fun. This was back in 2020. And I was in You're London. You are in London. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I... But, but I was super sceptical, right? Okay. Let me finish. Also, hang on. Wasn't it like 9am your time? Yeah, one of the classes was at like 6 and one was at 8 a.m. So you're making vodka pasta yeah. in the morning. You're I like, think, mm, interesting mm, breakfast. Right. I think I, might have, I think I might have been like drinking at home with my housemate that night. Right. Um, anyway, vodka pasta. So I was incredibly skeptical. Mm-hmm. I was like, why am I adding this ingredient that isn't like, you know. Italian. Yeah, and it's not like. Ooh! It was really delicious. And it, and it was like so silky. It is. is. But is why? Is it bullshit? Is it real? It is was. It? No, no, no. It's absolutely real. Uh, it was like a, a friend. Uh, Logan. I can hear you pause. Yeah, yeah. Pause a second. Logan. I cannot give you. Oh, Logan. James, but we're talking about um, vodka pasta. So, okay. is vodka, obviously it's not an is it an Italian dish? No. It is. It is. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Am I a surprise guest on your podcast? Is that what? Yeah. You're oh my god. Yeah. Well, we want to capture the dinner party in its essence, so we're gonna have the five friends at James's private dinner party. I mean, we will tell you about the concept, but you're currently sitting in James's restaurant, if you will. Yeah. Cool. Um, we'll explain that later. But vodka pasta. Yeah, so vodka pasta class mm-hmm. blew my mind. I thought it was bullshit because no, I was no. like, "Cool, we're adding. Is this just trendy?" No, it was it like was a, really it, it was it was a tr- was a trend in the 60s, 70s in Italy where there was like this very kind of like uh, I think that the French cuisine, like you know, Nouvelle cuisine, was kind of coming through, and there was all this kind of changing in the um, classic Italian um, cooking. Um, and there was this trend where everything was like, well, probably nowadays you will describe as a kitsch, yeah. like, you know, that kind of things. Everything, the dress, the the cooking, everything, everything was very too much, very bold. Everything was like that. Extra. They were really extra. extra. The little toothpicks with like pieces of cheese and pineapple. Correct. Correct. All these kind of things. It was like, like my heaven. dream. It my was. Dream. It was a massive trend. And like you had like a vodka pasta. It was a huge one. Another one was a green uh, spaghetti. So you were making the spaghetti out of using like a, a pesto uh, type of like a, from spinach, for example, to green it, to green the dough. So there was like a green spaghetti with uh, vongole and whiskey. Wow. Uh, there was like a um, steak with the green pepper and cream, like mm-hmm. the peppercorn sauce mm-hmm. that became like huge. Um, there was the um, the you know those type of pasta that look like bow ties, bow ties yeah, yeah. bow ties with the technical the, name yeah bow we call farfalle farfalle, farfalle. Yeah. I love which that. is more like a butterfly but I think mm-hmm. the I think the papillon in French means like butterfly but it's also the papillon is the name of the bow tie yes. um, so there were the one with the salmon and cream so cream was everywhere uh, there was the risotto with the spumante and strawberry. 
Like the way it was like a really crazy eclectic time. Like nothing was coming from the tradition. Everything was new. Everything I was feel there. Like that's all now though. Yes, it's kind all of a rebirth. I think all it's always like year. a cycle. Like you know, it's always like a cycle. You go from like you know very traditional, and then there is people that they come. It's like you know like a, the Apple like a, it's almost like a like in arts that you have like yeah. a, the avant-garde generation. The they come up from yeah. classic. From classic, and then they come up with the uh, flares are in, in the seventies, yeah. in the nineties, then you're not right now. That was the Picasso of the cuisine, yeah. the Italian cuisine, basically back then. With your vodka pasta, though, mm. I love this memory that you have. That your um, uncle had a nightclub, mm. and it like you know, for us, it's kind of like you know, it's one a.m. in a nightclub, and you've had a little bit to drink, and then your little thing on the way home, yeah. nightcap is you know, macas on the way home. Um, but for you guys, you were saying that in this nightclub, it was like one a.m. Everyone's having a great time, Correct. and all of a sudden. The waiters are bringing out trays and trays of vodka Correct. pasta. Most of the nightclub back in Italy, there were restaurants that, that after a certain time of the night, they will be transforming like yeah. in a nightclub. So a kitchen, a facility kitchen was always there. But why would drunk people want like heavy cream, because saucy pasta? Because it's free, because you're hungry and because like they will feed something in your stomach that will mm. prevent you to get too drunk. But then, like, uh, the venue will make more money because then you start to drink again right. and you drink can, more. Can I just add a little side note? Mm -hmm. Penny mentions McDonald's, but what she, what she left <laughs> out was that she actually orders a strawberry thick shake. Yeah. So, do you want to say a bit about why do they want creaminess? Yeah, that's again? true. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have the chocolate thick shake on the way home. Nailed it. Wow. Correct. There's the connection. I love it. And even as a... As a you, like my generation, we never had these things like of pasta coming out from uh, uh, the kitchen in the in the club because club they were not anymore restaurant and club. Uh, but still, like if we were like, uh, especially when we were not doing really late late night, we could probably go back home around midnight or one a.m. And like maybe one of us, the parents, they were not in town, so we're using their kitchen and we would have cooked like a quick uh, spaghetti aglio, like a very super fast spaghetti aglio. And that's I think how most of the Italian they learn how to cook. With this simple spaghetti aglio olio, there is not there is few mistake that you can make it, even if it's very simple. But it's very easy, and especially if you're a little bit tipsy. Another one of my favorite James sentiments is, and this is so beautiful: every pasta has mm. a soulmate in yeah. the sauce. Exactly. Yeah, I like to look at pasta and sauce like a, per a perfect match in heaven, and. Uh, Every, so beautiful. Yeah, and like, cause like, and the funny thing is that then most of the time that pasta and their sauce they come from the same region. It's like they already they they meant to they're be together. Destined. It's destiny, and we always talk during the the draw class about like which one is the most kind of wrong type of combination yes. of pasta this that you could know. I mean, there would be way much most now they're coming okay. up in my mind, but definitely this one it's like not a thing that in Italy they will ever do. Um, Wait, 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 can we ask Ollie to guess? Oh, yeah. Yes, Ollie. Okay. What yeah. do you think is the combination that that's going to shock us? Pasta and sauce. They should not go together. Pasta and sauce that should not be married together. Tuna. With what? With cheese. what pasta? Oh, it's pasta. Yeah, yeah. tuna and cheese definitely they don't I go together. I was going to choose a pasta, not the sauce. Yeah. Yeah, you, are, um, you were right. Would it go with like spaghetti or like penne? Farfalle. Farfalle. Farfalle, the, yeah, the, but I know they actually go with tuna. Yeah, that's oh, tuna. Oh, yeah. It's really just like... I yes or no? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, no, not, not do. what yeah. to do, not what to do. Yeah, yeah, that happened a few times, yeah. That's fine. They can go well together. What would you guess is the combination that wouldn't work? So I'm going to go for something quite common uh -huh. and, and commercial. Because mm -hmm. I feel like you two would be... Yeah, you're tricking me. Spaghetti and meatballs. 
Okay. Uh, the oh thing... no! <laughs> no, no, it's yeah, it's you're Spaghetti on the right track. Spaghetti with Apart, what was the cartoon? The the two dogs? Did they eat it? Like, Waiting in the tram. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Um. So I think that lots of Italians they say that we we don't cook uh, pasta with meatball. But growing up in Italy, my nonna she always cooked the meatball and she cooked with the pasta. The thing is that they never went together they in the separated. same plate. Yes. They were going in two different places, so you can use the sauce from the meatball. To, to, uh, to use as a condiment from for the spaghetti that would be perfect but the meatball they're not in the plate they were they're like friends separate. they weren't married that's they it they're friends, friends. Yeah, they, okay, they yeah. don't sleep together you know they yeah, stay yeah. separate <laughs> you know like and they, but they, that's the thing that you have like so you have two dishes out of one sauce but what's the controversial the one controversial that one they should not be together it's a spaghetti with bolognese sauce what? spag ball forget about spag it it bowl. doesn't exist <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. And I know everyone say, oh, but it's amazing. It's really good. It is. But I, what I said is to you, Penny. Is it from Bologna? The, the sauce, yes. Mm. The spaghetti, not. But not the spaghetti. Oh, okay. It's the combination. That it's the work. combination. And the spaghetti, they're actually from Naples. You claim uh, that. Yeah, we can claim that. But as I said to you, Penny, they, they taste good. They're not bad. You taste them. You like it. That's fine. But they're like one of those couple that they're okay, but they're not perfectly made mm. together. And like, you know, they probably their destiny with someone better. Like because you know, it's not my fault. It it's like, not yeah. It's not me. You know. Uh, no, because and this is so brilliant. Yes. And everyone has that aha moment at the end mm. when you eat your spaghetti. When you eat your spaghetti, mm. spaghetti they are so thin that when you go with your fork and you twill and then you bring to your mouth one one one, finish the spaghetti. Everyone ends up with a plate Absolutely. full of meat mm. in there. And then, you eat, soup. and then you need a spoon to eat all that thing or maybe a piece of bread. Like in, in Australia, it's not very common to do the scarpetta. You know, that thing that cleans the plate uh, with the, yeah, with the bread. Unless you're... Unless you're... Unless you're yeah. Um, but the, the pasta that will be better with the bolognese sauce is a type of pasta that's made in Bologna, which is tagliatelle. Which is that kind of like, uh, not too thick ribbon, not too wide. Uh, just right. Yeah, the right one, exactly. You can use the pappardelle, which it's more like a white, thin ribbon. Uh, but the, the tagliatelle is the best one. The perfect size that you wrap, it grab the sauce for you, it bring to your mouth. And at the end, there will be a little bit of meat. But yeah, once again, you use with the piece of bread and you clean, it's done. But it's not going to be too much. It's not going to be uh, a meat soup. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap this up with our dish it up question, I just have to share another little moment that James and I shared. So we've talked about how I have been a little bit of a failure in the kitchen. And I want to say this sentiment because maybe everyone can learn a lesson from this. Uh, when James and I were doing our pasta making classes, I would always say, hey, James, how do you know when the pasta's ready? And he was like, well, how do you know when the pasta's ready? And I was like, well, <laughs> what I would do is I would um, take it out of the pan, I'd throw it against the wall, and if it sticks to the wall, it's ready. If it goes down the wall, it's not cooked. He looked at me <laughs> like someone I was not died. prepared for the answer, honestly. <laughs> he was just like... I I don't know if we can be friends. Like genuinely, so much disgust. I was like, "What do you mean? I've been doing this for years." I asked everyone in the class, "Do you guys do this?" Yes, and he was just like, "Guys, literally, like, no, you kill never the do pasta. that again. You kill the pasta. You kill the pasta. The pasta if it touched to the wall, it's mean it's ready to use as a glue. You can put a <laughs> pasta on the on the on top of that. That's fine. It works if you have enough pasta to use it. No, um, pasta. I mean, that's that's one again. It's a thing that depends a lot on how did you grow up. I really love my pasta al dente, which is mean still a little bit of crunchy bite underneath 
when you when you bite it and when you bite into the pasta another thing james mm. taught me when you bite into the pasta you see the little white outline yeah. which is called the anima anime? anima yeah anima, the, the, the soul the soul of the pasta. You still want to see the little bit of the soul of the pasta. Like, you know, you don't want to have you like a... You don't want to kill. That's what I mean. Right. If you throw that, there is no more soul. It's dead. The pasta is, so, is like, dead. Who knew pasta could be so spiritual? It is. It's so... That's amazing. I think food in general, it's so spiritual. Like, you know, the, the eating the eating of the of the food is just like... Yeah, it's so, it's so amazing. It is. That's why we're here tonight. Okay, so our final question for you, James. Okay. What was the last thing you dished up for friends... Or what was the best thing you've ever dished up? Ooh. You're most proud of. Like, what, what was the thing you were most proud of dishing up? We had a debate over whether or not which question to ask. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. true. Penny was like, the best ever. And I was like, that's too hard. Oh, that's too hard. That's too hard. That's too hard. That's too hard. Like, I've, I've, I've like so many pictures like, going in my mind. Like, da, 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 all these photos. Just go with the last So one. let's say the last one that I dished up was this um, pasta that we made on Tuesday for the crew when we were shooting. Uh, it, was, cool. it was it was a, a very simple like um, a pasta la norma, which is like the Sicilian one with the simple tomato passata sugo, uh, fried eggplant, and just some like a, a pecorino cheese grated on top, or like if you Plus even better if you get ricotta salted ricotta on top. That's oh. super simple, super easy. But I think that probably the one that I was more proud of. One day I was cooking these kind of like massive um, seafood type of feast at home for friends. And I made this type of pasta, which I really love them. We actually did one time for uh, who was the friend of yours that was in England and the father was here yes, for the Father's yes, Day. Yes, yes. So I have like this really, uh, f- I love this pasta. They're called Shalatielli. They're only typical from the Amalfi Coast. They've only been invented probably around the 50s. They're not even like an old, old type of pasta. And I made this shalatielli with a um, mix of seafood, like a clams, uh, mussel. And uh, I actually finished them in uh, uh, sea urchin. Um, sea urchin. Sea urchin eggs, like, you know, the raw, like oh, the caviar. Wow, yeah, yeah. And then I dished up every plate into the half of the sea urchin. Wow. So there was like everything was plated in the sea urchin, and then I think there was like my favorite thing it was like everything on a plate that I love, like seafood, that pasta, everything, and it was amazing. Oh. And I really like when I did that pasta. Like I normally very precise, but with that one I went even more. I tried to make every single bits of pasta exactly the same length, exactly the same thickness. I was like super like. You yeah. were really proud. Yeah, yeah, I really love it. That one. That was probably one of my favorite of the last year. Yeah, for sure. I'm so hungry now. Me too. I cannot wait to sit down and eat. Uh, our other dinner guest is very late, um, but we will sit down and eat, and, and James will tell you. You'll kind of get little snippets of the actual dinner party. But Absolutely. James, you are so inspiring. And Thank you. So intoxicating with your, you know, your storytelling and, and your discussion about food and it's just always such a pleasure talking to you so thank, thank you. you so much for sharing and thank, thank you for you. having us for dinner thank you and now we're gonna start to have dinner soon can't wait do you feel so spoiled like the ultimate celebrity yeah, I do actually. I didn't realise that we could be sitting in someone's apartment, be waited on hand and foot, choosing our own records. I genuinely thought we were at a five-star restaurant. Like, the attention to detail was incredible. I know, I didn't even use my second napkin. What was that for? <laughs>
also, who knew honey, dandelion honey? Like, I, my mind is just blown. Well, Penny, the vegans knew. The vegans the knew vegans all along. Knew, the vegans and the hunter-gatherers. <laughs> the hunter-gatherers. I loved how every last piece of vegetable was used as a garnish. I Absolutely. think James is a master. And I love the small details. Like, you know, we picked the Moby record. I haven't heard that for like 20 years. 20? How old are ya? <laughs> Not telling a woman's age is her biggest secret. But honestly, what a night. I mean, the fact that the Psychopath book also came out was an absolute ripper. It was. And all by candlelight, just stunning. Yeah. James. What was your favourite dish, do you think? Uh, I think, well, I'm a bit nervous to say. I can't even get the pronunciation. Brush, bruschetta? Bruschetta. <laughs> some people say bruschetta. Some people say bruschetta. I know. I, I feel just... like I really loved learning all the rights and wrongs tonight. To be honest, I'm still going to be a pineapple on pizza girl. He can't take that away from me. No, he can't take that <laughs> away from no, me. take that away. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, if you've got to get to this, I would highly, I've, I'm already recommending it to friends because it is so unique um, and I, it's so Melbourne. It just screams Melbourne. If you are interested in what we had, we are making a bonus episode of Dished Up, yeah. all about the food that James prepared tonight. And if you'd like to book, head over to Instagram at Belford Upstairs. You will not regret it. You won't. All right. Well, good night, everyone. I'm just going to roll my way out of here. <laughs> Yet again. Yet again. Bon appetit.